Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I was honored to be asked to be on John Newman, Sports Card Nation's 100th episode that he had a while back, a little while ago, with Brody the Kid and Drew Herndon and John Newman. So very honored and delighted to be on that show. And it was a little bit of a roundtable discussion of a few topics. John is a consummate and Drew also probably Brody as well podcasting veterans, social media veterans, and they put their best foot forward. So John had three questions that he threw out to the group and we batted them around. And when I got done, I realized I'd given some spontaneous answers to those questions and thought about it that much. And I'm not retracting anything I said. I think uh, what I said stands, It's it was a live show. So it's uh, regardless of what I think, it's out there now. But I just thought I said some things that I haven't said on my own show, and I thought maybe I should address that. And rather than guard that and start from scratch, I just thought I'd give you the benefit of hearing mostly my remarks on that show. I'm calling it outtakes, but it's really was part of the show. I strongly encourage you to listen to Sports Card Nation. There's a lot of good podcasts out there, and that's certainly one of the one of the good ones. It's one of the ones I absolutely and definitely listen to. So I think it's worthy of your attention. But the issue of what, how do we get kid, more kids involved? And just, to, I'm going to keep dealing with that because I think it's a very important issue. And so I'll play for you the excerpts from that hour and a half, maybe even two hour episode. I think it was almost two hours. So I'm certainly not going to play that because I'm committed to 15 minutes or less. And so for this, I'm just sharing mostly my own comments that were addressing that. And then I just thought I'd give you a little bit of a recap at the beginning of what I've thought after further reflection. So I, I do think it's important, number one, that the, everybody, the licensors, the licensees, the dealers, the distributors, and the hobbyists provide a welcoming environment for kids. And I, you can see I addressed that in some of my comments, that it wouldn't rain on any kids' parade, that you'd encourage them to get involved at whatever level, and that there ought to be levels of participation that financially don't bankrupt a family or a kid. Having said that, just again, consolidating my thoughts. Here's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see something like a total or 40-man type product that would be a very inclusive, perhaps a thousand card set where the base card is important. And But again, directed toward kids. So some of these ideas have already been done, but I want to keep it simple. I think it's important when kids get into the industry, into the hobby, that it become understandable to them, that there be some value in the products that are directed to them, and that they see that there's there's enjoyment in base cards and some value from being a collector that has an eye out for what might be more valuable than something else. But not necessarily with a lottery mentality where everybody loses except the one person who wins big. So with that in mind, I threw out several ideas. The crimping for cards that might be uh, available at card shows, that's been done. So let's set that aside. I still think that's a good idea because it doesn't involve... Assets. It doesn't involve autographs or game use. So the idea I'm throwing out here, I think, is, would be very understandable to kids. There'd be some value for kids. And the card companies, it would be appealing to them because they're not having to go into their vault to uh, bring out some of their limited autographs or game used or even experience type things that cost, that have uh, extra cost. So I'm not saying they couldn't do that, but I'd like to keep it simple and keep it very cost effective and do that for others. I don't think kids have to think, hey, if it's not autographed, it's no good. If it's game, if it's not game used, it's no good. It's not true. There are base cards that are, that are good. There's some parallels that are good. So here's my idea. 
basically, I'd like to see a large product that had 900, 1,000 different cards, mainly individual player cards, not a lot of combos. You could have team cards, things like that, but not, uh, well, and not necessarily. You could have an insert, and you could have a parallels. In fact, what I'm recommending to keep it really simple is that these are boxes that have uh, a bunch of packs, so not a box with one pack, but a box with uh, 20 packs or 24 packs, something like that, where the cost of the box hopefully is uh, 100 bucks approximately. And uh, But again, there are no autographs, there's no game used. And what there is is that every pack has an insert of some kind, and every pack has a a parallel of some kind. So there's a one-per-pack insert, and there's a one-per-pack parallel. And those are numbered to whatever, and or in, in case of the the insert, it's acknowledged as being not a real tough insert, but an insert nevertheless with a different design that'd be of interesting. Okay, and then so it's a ten card pack, and you've got eight base cards and one parallel to the base and one insert. It gets kids realizing there are their parallels and their inserts. I think that's important. Secondly, each box would have a more difficult insert. That's a one per box. And each box would have a one per box parallel. So it might be uh, to a shorter number. Again, this is what kids should know when they open up a box. There, there are going to be some better stuff in there. And it's simple enough that you could look for the one insert per box that has some uh, distinction and the one insert per pack and the one parallel per pack that's maybe like the tops goals that are to 2020 or whatever. So it doesn't have to be that tough, but it needs to be identifiable as a, as a better card compared to the base cards. And then the one per box could be platinum or diamond or something. It could be numbered to 99. I, I, the numbers need to work based on the, the products they're putting out. But if that's done, then kids could come in at a, not at 13, but at eight or nine and understand that they're, when they open up a box or open up a pack, they can expect to have something and not be thinking, if I don't get a, if I don't get an autograph or a game used, I struck out. And then hopefully, again, as I said in the show, and again, thanks John Newman for providing that opportunity and that this dialogue on that. It's helped me to clarify my thoughts. Just don't rain on their parade. If they got a Mike Trout card, they got a Mike Trout card. And hey, that's great. That's great. He's a great player. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, sponsors. Top Spinini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Comsey.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. All the sponsors and all of us need to be uh, concerned and uh, looking forward to making this hobby more kid welcoming. The card companies they are they have licenses from those entities that say what they can and can't do and uh, if they if the leagues and the players cut them some slack or said we need you to do a certain number of kids products and we're going to like I say cut you some slack for those products with to, to make it so you can be profitable and we can promote the hobby so that was one idea that that came up the other thing brody is i like your idea except that and again human nature being what it is if you go to the target or the walmart and there's two blasters left they're probably taking both blasters. Buy them both. Yeah. And then if you yeah. want to, you know, sell or give one to another kid, but I, I don't like the yeah. chances of leaving one behind because I haven't no. seen the kids aren't the ones that are, that are, that are popping in those right. things. Yeah. And then the, another historical thing back in the day, in the junk wax day, mm-hmm. there was an org, there was a company called treat. Oh yeah. And treat was a repacker. They did repacking. Yes. And so basically there was an element of kid aspect to that. Yep. Because they were taking some unwanted cards and then putting a, a chase element in there and repent. I saw their operation. It was absolutely huge. Uh, and that it was huge. 
and they were able to so and they could make lower priced packs that yes they were in the WalMarts and the and all those as well. And I don't think the adults some adults went after them, but they were affordable for kids. And so I think there's an opportunity for distributors or some enterprising company to do repacks to where there's you get a hundred cards and maybe only a couple of them are good to a collector. But the right. other 98 are still collectible mm-hmm. to a kid. Uh, so there's still some yep. reasonable value there. Mm-hmm. But uh, so much of what's happened in the hobby now, the price of new product is not driven by what's in that pack as much as driven by what potentially could be in that pack. Right. That is the huge chase number. And so yeah. that's not only not friendly to kids and, and potentially not sustainable, it's, it's troubling even for adults. And so to put in right. a product that has less variability in terms of what you get in the pack, you know, would be a way to make it more reasonably priced and bring some kids in. But kid, the little kids want what the big kids have. Yep. <laughs> That's the yep. other dilemma. Hey, John, one more idea. Basically, yep, I'm, I'm listening with interest and in, like y'all have heard me in some of these other podcasts. Mm-hmm. I think like an entrepreneur, these are yes. good suggestions, but some of the suggestions that hobbyists have for what the card companies ought to do are not cost effective to them. They have a limited number of assets. So it'd be nice if they gave some autographed and game use, but there's a real cost to that and there's a scarcity there. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it'd be great if they came to some of these smaller shows, but again, there's a cost associated with that. So I'm thinking, what are the things that the card companies could do that wouldn't have a cost? One of them would be, and and y'all know my, my second favorite show is Rich's show because everybody walks in there and gets a bag of cards and most of them are not Mm -hmm. great. I don't, I've never gotten an autograph card out of there, but I've gotten a prize slip. I've gotten a, a group of 150 cards and all that. But what the card companies could do, which would have a, almost essentially no cost to them, is something that Pacific and some of the others did back in the day, is doing a crimping of a base card yeah. that makes it a parallel that might be of interest. And mm-hmm. if you did yeah. that, there's almost no cost yeah. to that. You'd have to make sure it was counterfeit proof. But right. something like that would be very low cost, and if and you maybe only make it available to kids. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be something. There's a chase element that doesn't involve game used and autographs because it those are that's what's driving the prices up for these card companies. You know, I just want to see kids open a pack, and I want the adults not to rain on the kids' parade. If a kid opens yeah. up a pack and he gets a Mike Trout card, I don't want the dad or the chaperone or the person to say yeah but it's not autographed or yes, yeah exactly. but it's not That's a parallel or yeah but it's mm-hmm. no game used in it or no it's not yeah. his rookie card mm-hmm. just say yep. hey that's cool you got a mike trout card he's a great player and take care of that card that's what needs exactly. to happen even if it's a base card and not oh let's take that right over to bgs and get it graded it yeah. needs to be appreciated <laughs> for the just the fact that it's it's that's it was a simpler days back in the day you just had a card of the player 